This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All right, Mara, how's it going today on the Blue Army podcast? I'm joined by the one and only Pascal Chimbonda, and we are going to be practising some Cumbrian. So, Pascal, uh, can you possibly say, um, that looks nice over there, which in Cumbrian is uh, Deek at Yon, it's Kushtibari. Deeky. Excuse me. Uh, no, no, Deek. 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 <laughs> uh, okay, Deek. I'm not sure what you're trying to prove here, Pascal. Deek. Deek. Ad- no, no, you're a dick. How about that? Yon is Kushtibari. Well, you might think it's all Kushtibari, but I don't. So do you know what, Mr. Frenchman? On your bike, Pascal. On your bike. See you later. Kushtibari. Kushtibari. Dick. Stop calling me a dick. Good day to you, sir. Dick Yon. Yeah, as you say. Dick Yon. It's Kushti Barrett. I've gone yam. Well, get yourself yam then, and don't be coming back. Oh, me marrows. How's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 11. It's great to get this far. We're well and truly on our way to our 20s, which is always fun. And uh, yeah, we've got loads in store, actually. My DMs have been busy. Uh, I mean, other people's DMs have been busy because I have been DMing them and I've had some very nice, positive responses. I'm not going to drop any names yet because I don't think that's fair to anyone I've spoken to already. But there are things in the pipeline. We are going to be getting interviews with some ex-Carlisle United players. So I would like to hear from you guys, to be completely honest, which... Carlisle United players, do you want to listen to me interview? And which Carlisle United players do you have questions for? And if you've got questions for any Carlisle United players, you should send us them questions to the Blue Army Pod at gmail.com. One more time, that is the Blue Army Pod at gmail.com. So if you want to send us an email with any questions towards any footballers and uh, give us any requests of any guests that you guys have got in your back pocket, that will be much appreciated. Right, that's enough waffling for me. I haven't done that kind of waffling in a while. We may as well crack on with what we expect from the show and what we expect at the beginning of the show is, of course, the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? 
I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast. Joke of the Week! Whom is a horse's favourite footballer? Neymar! Like Neymar. Like horses go, Nay! I think it makes it funnier when I explain the joke personally, but <laughs> you guys you guys can have your own opinions on that one. Right, today's show, episode 11, the Blue Army podcast, it is just myself and Wills for both the match reports. Yeah, I think we uh, we did our best, to be honest, with what we had, and uh, we've thrown in a couple of curveball questions for each other to keep the show a bit more interesting, rather than talking about poor form every single week. So, I really hope you enjoy today's show. We're trying to keep things as positive as we can during what is a difficult time in Carlisle United's form at the moment. It is Monday, and uh, this episode doesn't go out until Wednesday, so I don't know how we got on against Crawley. Hopefully we did really well. You guys will know by now, and we'll be talking about it later on in the show. Talking about later on in the show, let's just get on with the bloody thing, eh? Welcome back, Wills, to the Blue Army Podcast. How's it going, Wills? Wills, welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. It's just going to be me and you this week, and it hasn't started off to the best of starts, but by all means, mate, just tell us how you're doing. How are you? You all right? Yeah, you know, all things considering, I think, you know, I'm past the disappointment of this season now, and I'm just treating it like 11 pre-season friendlies for next season. Well, I've I've got we've got a couple of different things in store for today. We're going to blast through this uh, match review, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun towards towards the end of the match review today. Um, Carlisle lined up with a four four two formation with a diamond in the midfield. Uh, we were set up to match our opponents. That's the way that Cambridge normally play. Um, I think we looked pretty good in the diamond. There was Mellish at the top, Thurman playing the anchoring role, and Guy and Riley. Also in the middle. It doesn't offer us a lot of room in the wide areas necessarily, but how do you think we looked in the uh, in that formation? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I thought we were a lot better in the 4-3-3, and I think that's fairly marginal as well. I, I, I don't think we looked great in the diamond, especially because that was kind of to match up with Cambridge's formation. So you're kind of like letting Cambridge dictate how they want to play, and you're letting them play in the way that... Their best at playing into playing. their hands. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Actually, mm. yeah, it's um, if you go out to match a team that are really good uh, at that formation, um, and and we did come undone in certain areas. We matched them quite well for the first ten minutes. I would say uh, the first ten minutes we we didn't look too badly. It was quite competitive, but it was around the sort of like fifteen minute mark where they started to show the the quality in the formation. They they could put the passes together where we were still kind of playing the old-fashioned get-the-ball-forward old routine a little bit, get it into Zanzala, get it down. Uh, I did like the way that Zanzala had a bit more support around him. And um, I I, I I would say it was... was effective in areas, but like you said, I have to concede that it can be foolish to go out there and try and play a really good team better at their own game. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
And I think we kind of like in that first half looked really, really far behind Cambridge and it only improved a little bit when we went back to something that I think we were more familiar with. Indeed, we got the goal. It would have been an undeserved point had we hung on for it. But we kind of, for most of the second half, I think we made a little bit more of a I'm, game I'm willing. It. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to uh, uh, agree with you there. I would say if it wasn't for the mistake at the back uh, with the lack of communication between Anderton and McDonald, we would have went into half-time with a draw um, and then to have attacked them in the second half with the 4-3-3 might have been uh, a little bit less effective maybe he would have been more reluctant to make the change until a little bit later in the game if we uh if we were looking to win the game um I feel like he was looking to win the game because obviously when we went from 1-0 down to 1-1 uh, we stayed in the 4-3-3 formation in the second half mm-hmm. and like he said we were creating some some good chances yeah but it was quite wasteful from Carlisle. The statistics show that we had 20 shots in yeah. the game. There was quite a lot from outside the area. Riley was giving it a good go from out there, uh, but just not clinical enough from Carlisle. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, we did kind of have some decent chances that we we could have taken a very unlikely win. So, and the, even though I still think it was deserved that Cambridge won, it was quite unfortunate of us to concede in the way we did. We were sort of like headed towards a bit of a hard fought point, but a point nonetheless. And if there hadn't been that mistake at the end that let Cambridge in for the winner, then I do kind of I do kind of think we could have maybe taken some positives from the game. Or maybe taken yeah, we, we, from we the struggled game. to impress uh, in in the first half, um, but I wouldn't say that it was a completely dismal performance by any stretch of the imagination. The team went out there to uh, to compete ball for ball, and we, we matched them pretty well. And like I said, it was unfortunate. There was a couple of moments in the game that you think if they went the other way, the game could have gone the other way. In the thirty fifth minute, there was a moment uh, where there was a high foot from former Carlisle player. Uh, is it Iredale? And uh, he he kind of went through. I I, I can't remember the name uh, of the defender. Yeah. On another day, those kind of high feet that are that dangerous at least pick up a card. I don't think he picked up a card for it at all. Uh, I'm not saying there was any malice in it, but it was dangerous. Yeah, did was it Hayden took one? Yeah, I, I can't remember that actually. But was it was it Hayden that um, took? Uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head if I'm being completely honest. Um, but it. On another on another day, it's one of those it's one of those things that you know if it goes Carlisle's way, then Cambridge are on the back foot, and then we do switch to the four three three, and they're a man down. We're obviously looking to win the game in that situation. It's just one of those things that didn't go yeah. our way on the day. We're going to zero in now on the Cambridge goal. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a well taken effort by Mullins. It was a disappointing mistake at the back. There's been a lot said about Anderton should have given the shout to McDonald to let him know he was behind him. Uh, the shout maybe wasn't heard, which is hard hard to believe when there's no crowd there yeah. anymore. Yeah, but, I think Anderton looked quite badly out of position. Yeah, there. and the way the way after the ball, the recovery was quite slow. Anderton backed off when Mullins had the chance to get into the box. It's one of those situations where you might pick up a yellow card and take him down, but. It, 
it, it's it's maybe that kind of leadership that we're lacking, that kind of commitment in in the moments. Maybe I feel like Anderton pretty much showed Mullins mm. in on goal, and Farman was almost left rooted with the way the ball funded past his post. And it's mainly because Anderton just 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 left Mullins wide open for the shot. Really, he just let him kept coming and coming and coming, and it was it was really disappointing. F- Personally, my opinion of Anderton after that has has really tarnished it. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen Anderton have a few uh, sticky patches of form with us. He did at the start of the season as well, and um, you know, he has shown some good spells too. But the um, the bad spells do seem to kind of like have something in common with each other. He kind of slips back into making the same sort of mistakes when. When times are tough. And against a team like Cambridge, who were really well uh, set up. They had some very uh, large, strong defenders. They've got the experienced Houlihan in the midfield. And Iredale, who just seems to be a bit of a bullish character for them, just trying to get on the end of everything and, and try and tackle everyone in their, half of, in their half of the field, or in our half of the field, sorry, as I should say. And then obviously the Mullins being as deadly as he is against these kind of teams. Mm-hmm. And Cambridge are the most clinical team in the league out of the amount of chances that they create per game score the most amount of goals out of those chances. Um, you, You just can't afford to give those opportunities away on those circumstances. It was 30 seconds from half-time and it would have been quite a different game I'd like to imagine if we managed to get into half-time on, on a nil-nil to be honest um, like I mentioned earlier when mm, Carlisle yeah. came out for the second half we did change formation Furman came off and Toure came on it looked like Zanzala in the middle Patrick and Toure on either side of him and like you said uh, things looked positive we were chasing a goal and we eventually got one through Alessandra. There was some good play before that, I believe. Omari picked up the ball on his own on the halfway line and came forward and tried to aim for the far post with a curling effort. That yeah. was, there was another effort in which uh, Zanzala and Riley played a, a nice one-two. And I think it was Riley that, that just pushed it wide of the post, unfortunately. He was under quite a lot of pressure. But eventually, Carlisle got the goal. It was Louis Alessandra with the goal and it was a goalkeeper error to be completely honest good ball in by Guy and the goalkeeper sort of flapped a punch at it and uh, there was a bit of ping ponging around in the box but Lewis was there and, and, and he took his finish quite yeah, well it was a decent shot by McDonald really that the goalkeeper had to parry so so kind of he deserves a little bit of credit as well for his role in the goal uh, Carlisle looked quite competitive after the goal and Cambridge were um Quite happy to let Carlisle shoot from outside the area a few more times. They kept their cool. They didn't look rushed at any point. And when the goal came, it was a well-crafted move uh, down the left-hand side. A nice little ball inside of the area, crossed into the middle. And a well-taken shot by May, who came off the bench. It was just a show of a team that are top of the league. It was the kind of goal that we were scoring when we were winning 3-1, you know, three months ago, and we were sweeping the ball from one end of the box to the other end of the box, and it was getting met by somebody on the other side. It was reminiscent of our old form, to be honest. It reminded me of how we were playing (laughs) about three months ago. Well-taken move. Um, What have you got to say about that? It was some of the best football that I've seen at Brunton Park this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they had three opportunities to really... well, they took three opportunities where they carved us open. A couple in the first half with some even better play. 
than what eventually led to the goal. So it was kind of, even though the timing of it was unfortunate because we had almost gotten to the end, it was well-deserved, I think, from Cambridge just for the just for the times that they'd been able to get behind us in that manner earlier on in the game. It would have been lovely to have come away with a point. Uh, the fact that it was a last-minute gutter punch uh, makes it hurt a bit more. But being realistic on the day, I think Carlisle... Especially after Leighton Orient. Yes, I think uh, Carlisle fans would have been optimistic to have expected anything from this game unfortunately is there anything else you want to add about the game will uh yeah yeah well i saw a little reaction on social media about farman keeping his place after a mistake in the Leighton orient game um i personally i think that we were doing right to stick with farman because you know mistakes happen you can't coach it out of players i think i mentioned this in the last pod um would you have stuck with farman would I have stuck with Farman? I would have to say no. On the last pod, we talked about what players are going to be here next year and what players necessarily aren't going to be here next year. I think we've seen everything that Farman can offer us. So if we're going yeah. to offer him a year extension, we're probably if he's going to carry on playing, then we're going to end up offering him that year extension. Is Farman the goalkeeper that is going to get Carlisle to that next yeah. level? I'm not 100% convinced by that. And also, he has to sign the contract at the end of the day. And he might not want to sign the contract. He might have something else lined up or in mind, yeah. which, which, which will make it a little bit more difficult for Carlisle, obviously. Norman is a goalkeeper, which if we play him for the next 10 games, we will have much better idea of what kind of a goalkeeper he's going to be like next season, which gives us a much better idea of what kind of goalkeeper we need to go out and recruit, either a new number one again, and Norman sits on the bench for another year, or in these 10 games, maybe Norman can show us something and get that number one jersey back, which was what he was intended to do when he was signed at the beginning of the year. That's my opinion, mate, to be honest. I would rather start Norman, not because Farman is a bad goalkeeper by any means of the, uh, by any means of the imagination, but because I don't think he'll necessarily sign at the end of the year. And uh, I don't think he's necessarily the goalkeeper to take the team forward. Yeah, that's my opinion on that one, mate. That's my opinion on that one. Last week, since we're talking about last week on the pod, Will, last week I said, after you asked me, if, uh, yeah. if, if you handed me the reins, I would do this formation and I would select these players. So I want to flip the script this week, Will, and I want to ask you, if I handed you the reins for Carlisle yeah. United from now until the end of the season, you've become the new interim manager, what formation are you going forward with and uh, who is going where? Yeah. Right, well, I'm going for 4-4-2, <laughs> just because I am. I want to have a two up front. I think we've got enough strikers, especially with Zanzala at the moment, to justify a more traditional front two. So my four four two is farming in goal, and th- this is going off how we were playing when we were really good, and these are players who I feel on their day will be first name on the team sheet. It's difficult because we had a f- we had a good number of players who were performing really well, so um, I haven't got everyone in that I w- that I wish I could, but I've got a bench as well. So we've got uh, farming in goal, uh, back four of Tanner Hayden, Bennett, and Anderton. Uh, midfield two of Guy and Riley with Toure and Patrick on the wings. 
and then a front two of Coyote and Zanzala. On the bench, I've got Norman, McDonald, Armour, Mellish, Alessandra, Furman and Charters. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not necessarily convinced by your wide men, if I'm honest, because I, I mean, I know you've gone four four two, which means you're gonna have uh, two of those two of those wingers, I suppose. I'm not necessarily yeah. convinced that wingers are the way to go. Uh, what made you think that uh, Toure and who was it on the other side, Patrick on the other side, were the were the wingers that you wanted to go for? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I definitely feel that Patrick in that position. I think that looks like his best position to me. Uh, playing as a particular type of winger and you expect him to come inside more not just stick to the wing he goes past people well and I think it's quite good when it comes to getting the ball into the box Toure is an enigma but you know I just like watching him play so much that if we're all playing well and he's playing as well as he was earlier in the season then you know I think that could be a real kind of like je ne sais quoi (laughs) in the team um, just to kind of bamboozle, Oldham have Bahambula and Bahambuzel people. Well, we can. I, I can't think of a. Of Omar a raising. Ray, but that can kind of. I've got be one for Omari Patrick, yeah. Too. I've got one for Omari yeah. Patrick. I'm not sure about Jimmy Tiore, though. <laughs> Uh, now you've explained it like that, I can see. So, so you, the idea is is that the wingers are supposed to be getting into the box, not necessarily crossing the ball from deep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their basic job would be to link up with the fullbacks and move the ball into, you know, into the box. Because I mean, that's how we were playing uh, when we were playing well in the early sort of in the early part of the season. It was all about entries into the box. I think we had the most entries into the box out of any team. I don't know if we still do. It's probably dropped off a lot now, but we were kind of quite far ahead of the other teams in the division in that particular metric. And so I think that's kind of how I see us playing when we're playing well in this beach ball, sort of like one of the classic signs of beach ball. Right, I'm, uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at you with the next one, Will. Now you've got your uh, you've got your start in 11. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I'm what I'm going to give you is a time machine, and the ability to turn up at any point in time yeah. in the past at Brunton Park, and you can grab any player in his prime from Brunton Park at any point in time and thrust him into your uh, yeah. starting eleven. Who are you going to go for if you can get if you can get into a time machine and bring yeah. somebody into the team now? Who's your player? Okay, I'm going to head back to the early 2000s and I'm going to return with, I think I only need to make one I think I only need to make one trip in the time machine to get all these I don't actually think I need multiple <laughs> trips here um, I'll come I'll maybe need a couple of trips actually thinking about it come back with uh, Kev Gray to go to nice. go in our back two to like add some real bite there um, Chris Lumsden yep. can come back and he can he can go into our midfield and sort of be a kind of father figure to Callum Guy <laughs> sort of like he can sort of mould him into you know they're both ginger they're both box to box midfielders who like to pass it about and you know maybe Lummy can it makes a lot of sense on. Uh, Carl Hall the next two are strikers. Uh, it's something I feel that we, you know, we, I think we all know we've been lacking, not necessarily in quality up front, but in just pure putting the ball in the back of the net. So I have brought with me Carl Hawley and Michael Bridges. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Here and, comes the brigade. Yeah, and then and then the last player that I'm bringing back, which I think I need to make a separate trip for, because I think it's slightly later. But I'm bringing back with me Ian Hart. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was more when we were in League One. I think. Yeah, that was it. That's um, if you ask me, Will, that was my trip. Um, I was I, I was only going to go back and get one recruit, and I thought we needed goals, we need a leader, and we need uh, somebody that's going to help out with the defence. Somebody who can obviously multi-role. Yeah. Ian Hart could play on the left if I went back in time a little bit uh, earlier, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but obviously he played in the middle as well. <laughs> It'll give us more flexibility and just the set-piece play. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Callum Guy's set-piece play, uh, but there is something wrong with, D, uh, with with the way Anderton's been taking free kicks recently. And I think uh, Ian Hart would definitely uh, yeah. pipe up a couple of goals. I uh, decided to write down Ian Hart's stats, which were 52 appearances for the Cumbrians and 19 goals so yeah. uh it's pretty good going for a defender well it was it was our top goal scorer yeah that was it he was a top goal scorer he was the, our top goal scorer in this season yeah in the, in the full season that he was with <laughs> the cumbrians that's the recruit that i would add to the brigade you brought quite the army back with you didn't you <laughs> yeah yeah I, I went back to the classic days of lummy and co all the destroyers on the pitch <laughs> Uh, good times because I will hopefully hopefully who knows the uh, the feeling the feeling of experience will be thrust upon this current team maybe and uh, we'll get a better yeah. result against Crawley Town on Tuesday night you're going to be back if, to talk to me six, about the Crawley Town game if I could go for six players if I could go for six players I might bring back fan of the go show then. Brendan McGill <laughs> oh wow yes I, I, I do like Brendan McGill I do like Brendan McGill mate. he's a fan, he's a fan and a favourite of mine <laughs> yeah, sorry I've been out in the world of uh, social media and I have been in everyone's DMs mate I have been trying to talk to people I have been trying to get people to follow us and it's it, it's, it's alright you know I'm getting some results I'm not going to name any names yet I'm going to wait until I've got a bit more in writing and whatnot uh, before I announce anyone but there are interviews in the pipeline, mate. Exciting times ahead for Exciting the podcast. Stuff. You're going to be... That's it, mate. Exciting stuff. Hopefully you'll be with us for a couple of those interviews. Your insight will definitely be appreciated. Absolutely, flipping lootly Right, mate. I feel quite positive now. I'm quite happy finishing this uh, little match report. Uh, it could have been quite the yeah. uh, sombre affair. Yeah, it could have been quite the sombre affair. But yeah, we'll know. go into the crawly... Think of the future. <laughs> that's it, mate. That's it, that's it. Uh, we'll have you back on Wednesday to talk about the Crawley game. And obviously the episode is out on Wednesday. This is episode 11 of the Blue Army podcast. Thank you very much for joining me today, Will. Thank you for having me on, Skelly. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks very much for joining me again, Wills. Means a lot. How are you after that performance? What was your sort of first initial reaction after coming away with the 2-0 victory against Crawley Town? Feeling much better about things. Um, I I, I always knew the players had it in them to put in another good performance and that confidence was part of the reason why we were putting in so many poor performances. So, you know, it was just kind of a relief more than anything to see that they've still, you know, that they're still able to do that and that maybe we can finish the season well, um, just for the feel-good factor, even if playoffs are out of reach, but good all round. Yeah, I feel like the optimists are reappearing. Uh, I feel like we had that 
result coming eventually. Uh, we hadn't been playing awfully uh, in, in all of those 13 games. We went without a victory. We hadn't played absolutely awful. There were glimpses of a team that can actually string uh, a sequence of play together. And it came, it came out against Crawley. Uh, a bit chalk and cheese, this division, uh, when it comes from playing against the Cambridge side at Brunton Park to then playing against a Crawley Town at Brunton Park. Two very different teams in the same division. Crawley Town was supposed to be in and around us. In my personal opinion, I feel like Crawley Town are overachieving this season. I think they are one of the weaker teams in the division and it was a performance that uh, I could see coming from a mile off, to be completely honest, because today I'm feeling quite confident. So... How does it feel as a fan watching this sort of roller coaster of a league when you can go from playing really well one week to just sort of having nothing go your way the next week? Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the roller coaster of supporting a League Two club. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of the teams in this division, there's not a huge amount between them. It's just, um, you know, whether they've got the management that can organize the team or whether they've got the one or two. Um, quality players. Uh, Crawley did have Max Waters for part of the season, and that might be why they've overachieved and got up to, you know, they were, well, they are a top half team still, I think. So, um, probably Just on about. the back of having that good player, yeah. Um, as for the kind of roller coaster, it, it seemed to suit us better when we we're playing teams in this kind of like mid table, top half thing. I don't know, like when we played Bradford, we were quite a bit better, but then struggled against teams right down the bottom, such as Grimsby and Colchester, as well as the sort of teams that are up the top. So, I don't know, we seem to be a bit more free and open playing among the middle-of-the-road teams. We can talk about luck in football and how much luck has a factor into weekly results and day-to-day grind. Obviously, when we go to talk about the game against Crawley, there was quite a fortuitous moment for the Cumbrians for our first goal. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, What I'm meaning right now is luck in terms of when you play against a certain team, maybe one of their best players is suspended that week or maybe they're injured or maybe they're missing a defender and they've had to push somebody into the middle or push somebody out wide. And just the look of a football season and your timing coming up against a certain team can definitely have a large advantage. I feel like a lot of teams found that out with us because we had to take that break against COVID. And I feel like a lot of teams... Mm probably feel that they got away with it because we were doing really well and uh, they feel like maybe they got a let off when they did come to Brunton Park or when we did play against them. Eventually, we weren't the team that necessarily they thought they were going to get. But yeah, it's, that's that's League Two. I like League Two. Um, I, I like the sort of uh, randomness of the nature of the beasts that we have down here in this division. I don't want to be here for much longer. I'd rather be in League oh, One. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, it's kind of and- like... You can get the same results in League One, I find, as well. You can you can get the look going your way. There's just as many sort of poor teams at the bottom of League One. And if you meet them on the right day of the week, you can just have just as many results. But I, I just want to be in League One, Will. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're in League One, you've got some of the glitz and glamour teams like um, Sunderland, Ipswich, the likes of Hull City. There's always someone down there. We've got... Bolton and Bradford down in League Two this season. But, you know, the times in League One, you, you know, you're always playing against these much bigger teams. 
Uh, whereas, you know, League Two, you're more likely to be playing against the likes of Salford and Harrogate. Yes, it's very true. It's very true. And hopefully with the fans coming back, to get back into that division with a couple more fun teams to play against might give us a few more uh, great atmosphere evenings. And that's that was it for me. When when we could get Leeds on a Tuesday night in League Two, that that... They're really rememberable evenings. You don't forget those as when you go to those games as a teenager. Right, I'm going to jump yes. into the game itself, mate. I think Ozzy Zanzala uh, put in a very good shift uh, from the get-go. It seemed that we were making a lot of movement around him. Uh, players were getting closer to him. There was a lot of link-up play happening in different areas. It felt like we'd worked a lot on... When such and such has got the ball, then such and such needs to be here and such and such needs to be there. The shape and the uh, possession on the ball and, and the way that the team were flowing was a step above what it has been in previous weeks. How do you feel about the um, the link-up play between sort of like Zanzala and Riley and Patrick was quite close to Zanzala throughout most of the game. There was nice one-twos. There was really nice transitions. How do you feel about the expanding role that often Zanzala is giving us as that sort of nomadic target man, if you will? Yeah, it looks really, it looks really comfortable in the middle of the, in the middle of the attack for us. And it's been, you know, it's been a while since we've really had a player that's looked like that. Because as good as the likes of Alessandra and Coyote were earlier in the season, they always kind of looked like you lost something of what they can offer if you played them too centrally or too far forward. Whereas Gonzalez, you know, is is quite happy to uh, to float around that area. He lays the ball off. He drags players around. He puts himself about and gives the defenders something to think about. And he was unlucky not to get a goal uh, yesterday either. Yeah, absolutely. There was a good moment, um, I think, between the first uh, two goals for Carlisle when we were 1-0 up, where there was a phase of play uh, that was really nice. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on. Carlisle opened the scoring in the first half quite well. It was uh, Joe Riley was actually laid off by Zanzala. Still had a lot of work to do, but I did want to mention the the link-up play again there with Zanzala laying the ball back into Joe Riley. Joe Riley still had a lot of work to do, like I said. Bit of twisting, bit of turning. Got past his man right and uh, just swung his foot at the ball. That had a... terribly awkward bounce in front of the goalkeeper I think the uh, the Crawley Town goalkeeper even shrugged his shoulders after it went in the back of the net and everyone just accepted there wasn't really anything he could do about it a bit of luck for the Cumbrians finally <laughs> what do you think about that I mean you've got to have the confidence to take the shot haven't you and he's definitely been building that confidence shooting from range recently yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it, it was slightly lucky to get the deflection, but I think it had been coming the way we were playing. And what we were doing in that passage of play that we did a lot more early in the season is is where we go up front, we have a chance on goal. It doesn't come off, but then we keep the ball and we're able to have another go. So we'll kind of, you know, we'll, we'll get the ball into the box. And I think we pulled out a decent save from the keeper or and then kind of came to a throw in, I think, and then um and then Tov Joe Riley got the chance and he took his shot and you know it went in. So yeah, I think that's kind of something that we used to see a lot of in the early part of the season that we hadn't been seeing recently. And it was just good to see. It was good to see that yesterday. It was a well a well deserved goal. 
Yeah, I feel like the, the, the way that the play was going definitely warranted that. Okay, so we've been shooting from range, uh, finding our confidence, and we continued to do so. Tanner played a very nice ball through the middle, quite a cultured pass. Tanner had a number of um, nice passing moves throughout the game. He showed quite a good selection of passes once again for the Cumbrians. But for Patrick to get his second goal, it was Tanner's classy pass through the middle. Patrick, again, still having a bit of work to do, took it round his man. And then once he took it round that defender, no one wanted to pick him up. And he had all the room in the world to pick his spot from about 25 yards out. Uh, it went top right-hand corner. And the goalkeeper, to be completely honest, was at the edge of his six-yard box, probably not the best of places to be. It, it, it offered the opportunity for the ball to go up and over him and dip into the back of the net, which it did. But I don't want to take away anything from Patrick's finish. It was a really good finish on a day where Patrick had a really good game. What have you got to say about that? Yeah, it, it, uh, it uh, really was a good finish because he didn't just... He didn't just power it. He, he saw the keeper off his line and, you know, w- uh, with enough power to get the back of the net from 25 yards, he was still able to kind of like lift it over and dip it, you know, dip it under the bar. So it was, it, it was good. Um, it was, it was good awareness from Mari Patrick to see that that chance had opened up and, you know, Crawley, Crawley were just giving us so much space and, I think um, Amari Patrick did really well throughout the game, exploiting that space. He could, you know, he had room to to run into, or in this case, when he was sort of like stood centrally to to notice the keeper off his line and pick his spots. There seemed to be a lot more purpose on the evening when whenever anyone picked up the ball, they seemed to know what they were going to do with it when they picked up the ball. There didn't seem to be a lot of improvisation. Didn't seem to be a lot of just kicking and hoping that something was going to happen at the end of it. There was a lot of um, understanding, it looked like, in, in the Carlisle team against Crawley. So we went into half-time, 2-0 up. And to be honest, I tried to think the last time we went into a game 2-0 up and I couldn't. <laughs> I genuinely I genuinely couldn't. I could have researched Bolton. it. But... Oh, I think it yeah. Must be Bolton, yeah. Oh, yeah. That didn't... No, that didn't end great, did it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it, didn't... it went better than that at the end, didn't it? So, half time, we go in. It's 2-0. It's been a while. I'm feeling really good about it. We come out for the second half. Crawley actually gave it a little bit of a go when they came out in the second half. They didn't have a lot when it came to really good chances uh, shooting at goal. There was a couple of free kicks. Farman did make a good save in, in the sort of first 15 minutes of the second half, but it was a, there was a lack of, of conviction, a lack of potency from the Crawley Town uh, strikers. Uh, and there was three of them. I think they were trying to match us with a 4-3-3, but they soon mm. fell back into the old... Four, five, one, maybe cover some damage control. As we got into towards the 60th minute, Carlisle were regaining their confidence and Crawley Town probably just hoping to get home without a more embarrassing defeat or conceding any more goals because he didn't attack for the last half an hour, really, with any sort of credit or malice. Mm. 63 minutes in, Zanzala went very close with a double effort. Uh, Tanner, again, with a fantastic ball in, finding Zanzala, who had a lot of strength, held his man off, headed the ball, good save from the goalkeeper, and then there was a point-blank stab 
at the ball and the keeper just managed to throw his legs at it. I mean, sometimes you see them going in. Most of the time you see them going in, in fact. But unfortunately, on this occasion, it was good improvisation from the goalkeeper. What did you think about Zanzala just, just creating mayhem in the attacking areas there? And also Tanner having a good game, um, showing us his passing skills. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right to pick up on Tanner because he did have a he did have a very good game, and that sometimes goes unnoticed, especially if uh, Zanzala was unlucky not to get a goal there. And often, then people will forget about the actual build up that led to the chance. But he, he did well, Tanner. Um, obviously, Crawley aren't putting any pressure on the fullbacks. You know, they were able to come forward. I think Jack Armour had a good game at left back for us, and. And um, yeah, you know, you almost uh, run out of superlatives, you know, for the good games. Uh, just have to hope that we can, we can make similar chances against different opposition. I think second half, I think Jens probably identified what their problems were, but he just didn't have the personnel to really affect it. Yeah, it seems like the Crawley Tower manager has been under quite the bit of scrutiny. I'll come back to that uh, towards the end of the match report. It was only a minute later where Carlisle had another opportunity. And again, it was our man Tanner popping up in the right position to lay the ball off to Joe Riley, who, with the confidence of the first goal, was quite right to take a shot from range. How did you feel that Joe Riley did tonight? I think it was his second game back from injury in a while, and um, he looked he looked really good for me for my money. Him and Callum Guy seem to have refound that partnership again in the middle of the park. Yeah, it was. I mean, for me, it was between Riley and uh, Patrick for man of the match. Uh, Riley got the official man of the match, and I think that's just about right because he did a lot as well as scoring his goal. He was very enterprising in midfield, and his. You know, he's he's got the confidence to take a few more shots on goal. Hopefully, we're kind of getting back to some better performances from him. And as you mentioned, Callum Guy, maybe it's the weather because it wasn't so windy yesterday. And, you know, maybe we're kind of like just going to be a little bit better at playing when we're not sort of battling through sort of wild, crazy weather that we have been the last couple of months. So after mentioning the fact that Tanner had a very good game against Crawley Town and Jack Armour was back in the side, again, I'll be honest with you, if I don't see Nick Anderton put on the jersey again for the rest of the season, I don't think I'll mind that much. I'd much rather give Jack Armour the minutes on the pitch. And, and and George Tanner's definitely you you want to make him feel important now. If you ask me, Tanner's going to be one of the one of the better players for us if he does sign up for another season with the Cumbrians. I feel like he's going to be uh, a leader in the defence. He definitely looks like somebody who can step up into a good role. I mean, it might sound a little bit harsh, but the way that Anderton let the uh, Mullins go past him against Cambridge, I've like I said during that match report. I feel like I've seen enough of Anderson now and I don't think he's a sort of player that's going to improve us and I don't think he's going to improve as a player in in the near future, especially with this manager and this group of players. I think by now, because he was handed the captaincy and he's failed to produce consistently good performances, that it's going to be difficult to bring him back next year and still have him be the captain of the team. So... It was a good game in total. I was on substitute watch because we had a bit of fun last week. And mm. 
he had another weird one, to be honest, because I thought he was just going to leave it because he didn't make any substitutes until the 86th minute of the game where he took Patrick off and put Toure on. And I thought, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the only substitute he's going to make. It wasn't. He went on to make four substitutes, stopping the game three times in the last seven minutes of the game. I mean, I can't make head nor tail of, <laughs> of that. I mean... After around the 64th minute, 65th minute, I probably would have been looking to put Taylor, uh, Taylor Charters on, at least. But, you know, again, I'm a fan of putting youth on and giving them experience. Yeah. And it looked like the game was won. Uh, Crawley weren't attacking us anymore. And it would have been good to have given certain players a good 25-minute run out. Again, like Chedwin Scott would have been a good player to get 25 minutes. And so would Ethan Walker. To bring on a 32-year-old international in the 91st minute of a game, I just I don't I don't I don't know what's what's going on there. Will, can you make head nor tails of these substitutions? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with the you know with the form that we've been on and and some of the like goals we've conceded, I can kind of understand Chris Beach not wanting to make any subs for the future that kind of thing where you bring on a player thinking about how it'll be uh, about how he'll perform in the next game I think you know I can understand that he still wants to be quite pragmatic and cautious with his subs you know we we were playing well we were 2-0 up it may well have been in the back of his mind that just if he brings a sub on the changes the game. Could we be talking at 90 minutes about three points thrown away? Uh, Chris Beach might have been a bit nervous about that and just wanting to make sure that we see the win out. So therefore, he brought Furman on quite late, but Furman is the kind of player you bring on in those situations where you're wanting to see a game out. He did bring Kedwin Scott on and... Well, he changed the front three, didn't he? Yeah, um, but do do you need to be seeing a game out in the ninety first minute when you're two 0 up? I just it's just a, it's a, it's a bizarre one for me, Will mate. It's it's just a, yeah. it's just an odd odd decision. And if I was a thirty two year old experienced international sitting on the bench, I would have told him to do one if he tried to put me on for the last three minutes on a Tuesday night. To be completely honest, um, but, yeah, but one win in thirteen, you know you. I, I can understand him, you know, not wanting to make any kind of positive changes in inverted commas and, you know, just wanting to to be cautious, I suppose. OK, I mean, now you've explained it to me a little bit, I suppose I can at least understand where he's coming from. I don't agree with the tactics behind it, but yeah. I have a bit of an understanding, you know, why why he might do it. So all in all, it was a good result for the Cumbrians, a 2-0 win. I'm very happy with that. I mean, what's your what's your uh, overall reactions at the end of the game? How are you feeling? Yeah, de- delighted, 2-0. Uh, it's our first clean sheet since we beat Exeter way back in January when we were second in the table. Uh, amazing to think we've gone so long without any. Paul Farman probably deserves a clean sheet as well after out of all that. No, well said, actually. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, it is, it is worth uh, accrediting to the goalkeeper and the defence. Uh, like, like I said, mm. the defence had a good game. They mopped up pretty much everything and kept Crawley Town out of the box for the most part of the game. 
I spent a little bit of time looking around social media on different news sites for a little bit of Carlisle United related news because in previous weeks I've been lacking for anything to get our teeth into on the show. Um, in terms of news, again, I feel like I was let down, but there was something I definitely wanted to mention. Uh, former Carlisle United frontman Jabo Ibere was uh, in the papers this week and also on Radio Cumbria because he is raising money for a mental health charity. Uh, he's doing a bike ride from London to Brighton. I don't, when I say bike ride, I don't mean to like belittle it. It's, it's like, it's a long distance, but when you say the, the term bike ride, you think of like a small distance, but it's a, it's a chunky marathon bike ride. Yeah, if you want to go over and contribute towards any sort of donations, I feel like he's made, I think he's made two and a half thousand pounds already. If you just want to get yourself over to uh, Jabbo, uh, social media on Facebook. There's links all over his charity pages and things like that. So um, I wanted to do something nice towards the end of the podcast today, Will, and uh, that felt like it was uh, definitely worth doing. Will, have you got any Jabbo stories for us? Have you got a memory of a favourite goal, maybe, or, or or a game, or just uh, seeing him in Tesco's? <laughs> yeah, I was fortunate enough to bump into Jabbo out on the street a few times. Uh, during his spell in Carlisle, he rented a flat just round the corner from, from where I live. So he used to park his car on my street and I'd see him going to and from the car or something. I once bumped into him in the Holston Hotel and he was living there for a bit. And I'd just been to a business meeting and we, I, I saw him and was like, Jabbo. And then, we, and then we talked for about 40 minutes about the upcoming season because it was during the summer. Yeah, almost couldn't get away from him. I felt, I felt like slightly guilty, like, you know, shouldn't you be getting some rest? <laughs> but no, you know, we just kept talking. Then later on, when he parked my car on my street, I was walking back to my flat with a friend and we'd been to the takeaway. We were carrying pizzas. Jabbo was coming the other way. So I said, I said again, hey, Jabbo. And he's like, Hey there, and then he walked past, and then about and then about five seconds later, just turned around and said, Enjoy your pizzas, lads. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a reputation of being a really nice uh, man, and uh, I'm glad your stories definitely back it up. I was I was unlucky, and the year that Jabbo was in uh, Cumbria was the year that I was in Australia. So I, I, I didn't I didn't really get to have much interaction, if any interaction, unfortunately. That's why I had to ask you for a Jabbo story, because I don't have any. <laughs> right, Wills, um, in other news around League Two and other such, I couldn't really find anything interesting or worth talking about. Did you find anything worth talking about? No, nothing's happened in League Two this week. No, nothing worth reporting from our end anyway. Um, right, well, I'm going to hand over to one of my favourites. And uh, Wills, I believe you know these guys. It's the Working Class Artists. They are ah. the feature in the Loud and Local segment at the end. So um, oh, nice. that's, that's going to be enough from, from me and Wills. So thanks very much for joining us, Wills. Thanks for having me on again, as usual. Always a pleasure. And we're going to give you a week off next week. So we'll maybe see you the week after that. Um, and I'll be all giddy and excited to see you again without any doubt. And all, all of the romance and excitement would have came back and we won't look as drained yeah. as we do today. <laughs> Hopefully more wins to talk about as well. That, Fingers crossed, it. touch wood. 
<laughs> fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. Right, we're going to hand over to the working class artists now. Thank you very much, Will. Thank you very much for uh, clicking, downloading, subscribing, following. This has been the Blue Army Podcast, episode 11. Bye for now. Hello, we're working class artists. I'm Anthony Anderson. I'm Vinnie Southpaw. I'm Mark Carls. And I'm John T. We are a band. You brought your sexy voice today, didn't you? Oh, go on, whisper sweet nothing and into these sweet football lads' ears. Oh, getting close. Yeah. Getting, getting close. Getting close. Closer. Kiss the mic. Closer. Kiss the mic. Kiss the mic. You wet, can't suck it off from Make wet Don't noises. Make, make wet noises for them. Get right in there. Closer. 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 Yeah, nice. Ah, now good. say something about us. ASMR. Oh, ASMR. Uh, we have music. ASMR. Say something about, say something about oh, yeah. mu- music. Yeah, yeah. What's the name of the song, Anthony? We have a new EP released. It's a single. It's, it's single. two songs. It's two. It's a single. Say that again. We have two songs released. As well as an album and other songs, but the new ones are... Real Crowns. And what's the B-side? The Bow Rock Slide. Yeah. One for all you Lego fans out there. Okay. We're working class eyes. Out now. We hate football. Fuck that queen. What's she hiding up that snatch anyway? A monarchy! The opposite of poverty Stubbornly, dishonestly hiding on private property A palace! Compensatory phallus Callous malice, horns, wealth and upset The balance, reality! Head of state, no personality Untethered to gravity Detachment from reality Finery! Country reaching to a winery Waking in the primaries Deluded with the privacy And you! This kind of going on abuse Born with power, far from his authority To flip our prince! I struggled after this, the finger leaves me unconvinced I can't Destiny's a plaything Born to rule and live a life Ignoring subjects separate I quit It's just sick to demean you Widening the gap between the rich and the perceived clean This ain't a monarchy I wanna be in Treat more than dwindling and wear everything The world's crippling themselves Real queens are from within Real crowds are made from shit This ain't a monarchy I wanna be in
former Carlisle player, Jabo Imbrahia. Is that how we're saying it? Is that how, is that Ibra- how we say it? Imbre, right. Ibra. I, <laughs> I found out, I found out that former Carlisle player, Jabo Imbre. Ibra- uh, no, no, there's no M. <laughs> Do you want to say it properly on the pod? I kind of like assumed that if you were saying it incorrectly, you'd want to correct it. Um, Absolutely, it's, yeah. It's it, it hasn't got an M in it. It's Ibra. Ibere, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after looking around social media for a, a bit of news, uh, I couldn't really find anything uh, that I could really get my teeth into. But something I did want to mention is that Jabo Im- Ibere. I am awful at names. Will just save me. Do you want me to like? Do you want me to type it phonetically into the? Into the chat. <laughs> Ib, Ib here. Is it not just Ib here? <laughs> okay, I've, I've I've sent it to you in Messenger. I've sent it to you how you would pronounce it. What, in Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Let's, let's get that open then. <laughs> Ibere. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna put this at the end of the podcast, like as, as like a fucking <laughs> as, 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 like what, a... what you what you call them? What you call them? Yeah, exactly. Outtakes. I'm gonna put this at the end of the podcast as like an outtake. Yeah, that'd be great. That's what I'm doing. I'm not deleting this. This is just getting moved to the end of the fucking podcast. This, mate. This is getting used. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.